Well, just a few more weeks and we're at Christmas. Amen? And <clears throat> Christmas is a wonderful time. That is if you're in the right spirit. To some, they're full of anxiety and the stress and, oh, what am I going to do? They've got to get the president. And it shouldn't be that way. Plan ahead. Work within your budget. Don't stress out. It's supposed to be a wonderful time. Amen. Amen. And actually, it's a, it's a time of sharing. In fact, we had over 50s on, the, of course, the best food. <laughs> Luke, Luke says, we, we're going to challenge you someday. <laughs> no, we had a wonderful over 50s. We really did. We, we had a table full of people, and it was a great time of fellowship and sharing with one another. And uh, really, uh, I want to talk about sharing your blessings tonight. I didn't say you had to give your car away. Don't get worried. But I'm talking about sharing your blessings, okay? And uh, let me go through a few scriptures, and uh, you'll, I believe you'll get my point here. But uh, sharing your blessings. Do you believe that Christians should be generous? Amen. Because many times people focus on their needs and their wants, and, uh, and they think, oh, I can't afford to give. And, you know, I found out years ago, a great preacher says we can't afford not to give. Because if we give and share our blessings, now we're in the spirit. We're talking about we're in the life of God. We're talking about we got the nature of God flowing through us now. Now we're smack dab in the will of God. Because Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you. That's what Jesus said. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give. Whatever, whatever we give, it'll be measured back to us. So give generously, give cheerfully with the right attitude from the right heart, and it'll come back to you. Some people don't get hold of that for half a lifetime. They think, someday when I get all my bills paid, someday when I get a new car, when I get a new house, someday, there's never a Sunday. I found out, Janice, when Joan and I went to Bible college, I found out early. I am so thankful I went to a Bible-believing faith church like this that taught on tithing and giving, Amen. talked about being generous, talked about having a heart for the world, and we started tithing, and we actually started double tithing for a while because we had great needs, and we, had, we said, we're just going to go ahead and give extra. You know something? That's a testimony. Am I right, Joan? We went through Rama without not one person sending us a dollar. We had no support. And uh, by God's grace, I'm telling you, by God's grace, the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have a job when you get there. When I got there, you heard my testimony. I sold the $12.56 in an offering. And the next day I got a job. And... God took care of our needs through Rama. We paid my tuition the first year, her tuition the second year, our kids' tuition in a Christian school, which Willa George is the teacher, and uh, paid the rent on the house. When we left Tulsa, we had no debt. And I mean, and from then on, 
God has moved and taken care of us. Even though, even though, for, you know, pioneering in churches, you know, when the first part of our ministry was pioneering churches, put pastors in, and then how we hear 26 years, you know, we're always giving, always working, always helping, always pledging. <laughs> but God has always taken care of us. But we've learned to share and be a blessing to people. Amen? Yeah. And we all can do the same thing. Amen. And uh, let's look in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy <clears throat> chapter 6, verse 17. And just listen to these scriptures tonight about sharing your blessings. Command those who are rich, I think you shared this bit, who are in this present age, not to be haughty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. God wants us to prosper, but he doesn't want us to trust in it. Amen? Amen. We've got to have the right heart about these things. And it says, but in the living God, trust in him who gives us richly all things to enjoy. That's not the end of the verse. Let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give. Say, ready to give. And look what it says here next. This is in the case. What's it say? Willing to what? Share. Willing to share. Share what? Your blessings. Amen? Willing to share. And uh, it goes along with I'm sharing your blessings tonight. And Amplified it says that's for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous with others, nor to set their hopes on certain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. But then at the end it says, charge them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others. Amen? Hallelujah. So it's, what a blessing, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking about the word blessed sometimes. You know, with, you know uh, I think that sometimes it, uh, it's lost its meaning to some. Like we'll say, you know, open the door, we'll bless you, you know. And, or somebody sneezes. Like pastor just sneezed or whatever. Bless you, pastor. <laughs> but blessing goes a lot further than that. Amen? Uh, you know, you, may, you, may, you know, maybe know someone that, that lost their job. Okay? Whether somebody in the family or the family of God here. Or you hurry up somebody that their, that their car broke. And, and they don't really have the money. And they're not telling people. But you kind of know it. But the Lord speaks to your heart and says, I'm going to help that person. I'm going to, you know, the Lord's taking good care of me. I'm going to share my blessing. See what I'm saying? So it goes further than just saying, God bless you, <laughs> you know. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, one of the most important blessings that we have received from the Lord is our salvation. And we can never take that for granted. I know sometimes people think it's just all about Okay, I'm going to miss hell. I'm going to heaven. But there's a whole lot more than that. In fact, it says in Psalm 103, forget not all the benefits. Amen? And it goes to a list of blessings that he's done. And here's a few reasons why God has saved us. But first of all, let's read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 8. For God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses or sin made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus you know 
He went to the cross for us. He forgave us of all of our sins, and he still wants to pour out blessings on us. He wants to take care of us, and I'll go through for that in a minute. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Amen? Amen. So some of the uh, blessings uh, and, and reasons why God saved us is to keep us from destroying our life, from sin destroying our lives. Okay? Uh, the Lord gave us the power in the, in the Holy Spirit so we don't have to be devastated by the power of sin. We can overcome sin. In fact, it says whatever is born of God in 1 John 5, 4 overcomes this world. Aren't you glad you have the power to overcome sin? Aren't you glad? I, I'm Think about it for a minute. I mean, if you didn't have that power, I mean, the devil could just whip us, whip us, whip us up. Run down one side and up down the other. Just continue to overtake us and all the time. But no, we can put our foot down, can't we? I said we can put our foot down and say, no, you don't, devil. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in James 4, 7, resist the devil. And he will what? Flee. He'll what? Flee. From who? Us. Who does the resisting? Flee. We do. Why? Because we have the power to resist the devil. Amen? We have the power to resist sin. We have to put our foot down. Amen? And uh, it's a growth thing. Amen? We grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Don't beat yourself up because you messed up, okay? Just get back up again. A righteous man falls seven times, but he rises again. Come on, let's rise again. You made a mistake, rise up, conquer it again, amen? Keep the devil under your feet. And also, he, he, uh, one of the, another reason he saved us, to be, he wants us to be conformed to the image of a son. The Holy Spirit indwells us and slowly transforms us into the character of Christ. He's at work in me. He's working in us. It actually says that in the New Testament. It's Christ working in you and me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Isn't it good to know he's working in us? Yeah. We can get better and better in Christ. We can grow in the Lord. Amen. And uh, by the renewing, we're not being conformed to this world, but by the, transformed by the renewing of our mind. And he, uh, we, you know, as we live out our, our changed lives, our salvation and you and I, being his witnesses, his representatives, his ambassadors, telling people about the good news is an honor to the Father. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, look at that fellow. I can remember when he was totally in sin, and look at him now. I'm not talking about you exactly. <laughs> he looked at me like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to know we were all there. We're there. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. Amen. But the gift of God is salvation. And we are the redeemed of the Lord. And he takes us from where we were and uses us with all the gifts, talents, and abilities. He poured out his spirit on the inside of us. The nature of God came on the inside of you. Now we have love instead of hate. We have joy instead of sadness. We have faith instead of doubt. And it goes on and on what he's done for us. It's, and we can bring glory to God. But it's what Jesus did for us. Amen? And he also called us for his purpose to do his work. on. He accomplished his will through us as obedient believers. You know, there could be people that, that are, well, there are people that need to be saved everywhere in this community. And he has you and I going back and forth to work, back and forth to Walmart, back and forth to Harder House, back and forth to the gas station, wherever we're going. And we could go there every day, every day, back and forth, back, and be just listening to worldly music, not paying attention, and never, God never be able to use us. 
Because we're not looking for him to use us. We're not ready for him to use us. We're not aware that he wants to use us. But God wants to use us to change people's lives. By the smile on your face, by the joy, by as you, as you are experiencing testimonies of a little baby being born and, and falling in love and marrying a beautiful girl and, and, and changing your life and you got a great job and all these little blessings that come along the way, you can share it with people you used to know that, wow, man, God has done a work in Floyd. I'm just, you know, using you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? God wants us to grow and be transformed, and he wants us to make a difference in people's lives. So when they look at you and say, you're not, you're not the person you used to be. You tell them, right, I'm born again. I'm a child of God, man. I'm going to heaven now. He changed my whole life. Yeah. Hallelujah. So how did Jesus set the example for us? Well, let me read one scripture in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. It said, yet it shall not be Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just listen, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. You know, as pastors and all of the leaders in the church, we're here to serve you. We are. We're here to serve. We're not here to build a name. I don't care about that. We're here to serve you. I want to be your pastor. I want to help you grow. I want to love on you. I want to pick you back up when things don't go right. I want to be there to encourage you. If you're in the hospital, we're going to either myself go or someone's going to go. We care about you. We're here to serve you and your children and your grandchildren and the youth. Amen? And that's the way we should all be. Think about the things that Jesus did for us. You know, I'm not going to turn to these scriptures. I'll have some scriptures in a little bit. But these are some of the things, otherwise it would be a seminar, okay? So, but he, he, some, he set the example for us. So these are some of the things he did uh, in the purpose for serving mankind. He fed the multitudes. The Bible talks about that in Matthew 14. He fed the multitudes. Look at the miracles he did to feed the multitudes of people. He cared about them. They can't go, he said, they've been here, gonna, they'll faint along the way. We need, we need to feed them. So God worked a miracle, amen? And he healed the sick. Brian Bartimaeus, a poor beggar there in Mark chapter 10, called out to him, you know, and Jesus healed him. Jesus healed him, or he healed the sick. You know, Acts 10, 38, how God anointed, the, I love this scripture because it talks about the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of who? The devil. Let me tell you, Jesus sets people free, the devil oppresses. Don't ever get mixed up. God never puts sickness on you. There's the devil out there, and we have to be aware of him. And he always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. Kill, steal, and destroy. And if we're not built up in faith, we don't use the word if we're not grounded in the word of God. Many times, many people get shook around with him. But we can overcome him. Why? Because 1 John 4, 4 says what? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? The greater one lives inside of you. You ought to say that every day. The greater one lives inside of me. 
First John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me. Amen? I've got power over the enemy. So he healed the sick. He had compassion upon people. He forgave sins. The woman caught in adultery, they wanted all the big shots wanted to stone him, stone her. I don't know where the guy was, but the woman was there. And they all wanted to stone her. And she said, okay. Got down, drew in the saddle, and just looked up. He said, okay, let me tell you what he said. You that are here that without sin in your life, you go ahead and cast the first stone. And it says they left one by one. Because everybody had missed it. Okay? But he forgave, and he didn't condemn her. He did say, go and sin no more. But he loved on her, didn't he? He didn't put condemnation upon her. And he raised the dead, John chapter 11. Lazarus died prematurely, brought him back to life. That's what Jesus did. He set a good example for it, didn't he? He comforted his followers, John chapter 14, said, don't let your heart be troubled. My, in my father's mansion, there's many. I'll go to prepare a place for you know that scripture. And, uh, and then uh, when uh, the disciples were a little confused about his resurrection, oh, you know, he said, don't worry, I'm coming back. <laughs> and he did. He did come back. They had a little doubt, but he did come back. And uh, he saved those who were lost. You know, the maniac of Gadara, remember him? Uh, he restored his whole life, and he said, he said, I want to travel with you. He said, no, you go back home and tell what the Lord has done for you. He went back home and told it all over the place. Amen? Changed his life. He went and shared his blessing, shared his testimony. And he was patient with those who didn't understand. Nicodemus says, how can I be born again? I'm already old. Jesus had to tell him, no, it's a spiritual birth. He, amen? But he was, he, was, he was patient with him when he didn't understand. How I many of God's patient with us? And uh, he gave peace to those uh, the, who were worried. John 14, 27 says, my peace I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So God understands, amen, when people are concerned and troubled about things and he loves on us and encourages us. And you know, one more thing, he sacrificed himself for the sins of all humanity. For God so loved the, uh, the world, he gave his only begotten son, amen. Whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says this. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Does he love you? Amen. That song says, oh, how he loves me. Amen. Oh, how he loves you and me. What else could he do? He gave his life for you and me. Amen. So, you know, when we think about sharing our blessings, people have blessed us. Not just spiritually. You know, you think about uh, how many are thankful for our military. Amen. Our lives are spared because many, many great men and women have fallen. There's thousands of unknown soldiers, graves, thousands of them. People that have laid their lives down. One of my own classmates, Daryl Hemke, died in the war. And uh, the EMTs, the first responders, how many times firemen have risked their lives, uh, saving people's lives, amen? And uh, we should be thankful for all that, amen? Hallelujah. I had a thought of something. Okay, 
in a ways, doctors, nurses, we're even thankful for people that cut our hair. Oh, hi, Nathan. And uh, thankful for people that, you know, how many have ever had your well go out or your air conditioning go out or your plumbing uh, start leak or your roof leak? And we're thankful people come and do all those dirty jobs. Amen? Amen? And we need to be thankful for so many things and many, many people. And uh, there's times you might want to just bless them. It was so fun for me uh, as a pastor to, uh, to represent our congregation, go to the fire department, the police department, over to EMTs, and got to go to the sheriff's department and bring boxes of blessings. You just should have seen the eyes of, uh, of those people in the sheriff's department. I mean, big boxes of goodies, you know. And we just said, we just want you to know we appreciate you. Amen. How many appreciate your police department? Amen. I mean, when you're young, you thought you were mad because they stopped you. Well, you were speeding. That's why they stopped you. <laughs> your fault. <laughs> but they're here to protect us. Amen. Amen. Homeland Security, our military, you know. We start thinking about the Army and the Marines, the Air, air uh, the uh, Army and the Air Force, uh, Air Force, uh, anyways, all the, all the military <laughs> are out there risking their lives for us. Amen. Amen. So be thankful for all that. Now, how can we serve others, you know, because he saved us, didn't he? These are some things we could do and couldn't be doing because he did it. He did it for us. We could do it for others. Well, he saved us. We could probably run around the auditorium and shout hallelujah about a thousand times for doing that. Are you pretty excited about being saved? Amen. I mean, he just changed your whole life. You're going to heaven instead of hell. Amen. I mean, and, and all these blessings and all these benefits are yes and amen. We're saved, redeemed. We got faith. We got love. We got the joy. I mean, we just got so many things. Amen. Well, then we need to share that with others. Amen. It's too good to keep quiet. Amen. Amen? It really is. It's too good to keep quiet. When you go to a, rest a restaurant, be ready. Pray in the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, give me an opportunity to share, you know, a track and a testimony with this waiter or waitress. Amen? And we do that and we get people saved. Somebody was just telling me, I think it was uh, the lady working in there today, Nathan, she said she was able to invite a person to the church and she gave her life to the Lord. Amen? And uh, so, the, the Lord's been generous with us. We should be willing to reach out to people around us and preach the gospel. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark 16, 15, he said, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature you know how about share your testimony you know how many how many go to work sometimes people look like they lost their last dog and friend oh look at well and they come over and say how you doing today man is anything i can encourage you about or talk to you about and they see a smile in your face like how come you're smiling i've actually had people ask me how come you're always so happy <laughs> i say well because i'm i have jesus in my heart I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. God changed my life. That's why I'm really happy. Amen. And I said, how would you like to be happy and filled with the Spirit? Yeah, so we, we got them both filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So if people ask you, why, why are you so happy? Tell them. And, and if you don't have time, we'll pull a track out of your truck or your backpack or your purse or your briefcase. Pull a track out and say, we'll take, take this home. Take this home when you get there. Read it, would you? 
Look at them and say, would you do that? She says, okay. I, I do that all the time. Every, everywhere I go out, I pass out tracts. Because somebody's going to read that. And someday they're going to get saved, whether it's here or somewhere. Because I'm on this earth as his representative. I want to do something for the Lord. Not because I'm a pastor. Because I'm a Christian. I witnessed before I was a pastor. I got people saved before I ever went into ministry because I care. I was so thankful. I know all, you've all been raised in good Christian homes and never sinned, but <laughs> <laughs> I was not one of those, okay? I was not raised in a Christian home. And I've I seen alcoholism all, the, all over the place and mean and spirited and all this stuff. And when I got saved, it was like a revolution. That's why Jesus' revolution, I was part of that. Jesus People Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota, went in there, and I, I came from a Lutheran church. Well, I don't have to mention that, but I came from a dead church. How's that? And uh, nobody ever got saved. I went down there. We didn't know what it meant to be saved. But after I got saved, uh, the Lord led us down there. We heard about the revival, so we started driving down there. We went in their church. It's like back row was the only thing open. We pulled in there like that, and we sat around and looked, and we didn't ever raise our hands before, but everybody was like this, like, wow, what are they doing, man? They don't do that where we came from, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were waving around, and they were in the singing in the window sills, in the window sills. There was, the place was packed to the full, and the preacher was called, the, the, the title was The Thief and the Shepherd, Dennis Wardy, and he talked about the thief and the shepherd. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I, the minute the, sir, they told us that the tapes are available, I said, I'll be downstairs. I'm going to go. I'm going to be the first one to get it. I ran downstairs, got the cassette tape, and we put it in and listened all the way home. <laughs> we were so excited. I said, we were excited. Amen. Christians should be excited. Amen. And it's never stopped because I'm alive unto God now. Amen. I've been forgiven of my sin, and I need to tell somebody. Somebody needs to know. Somebody needs Jesus in their heart. They really do. Amen. Somebody needs hope. Somebody needs encouragement. Somebody needs to get rid of the condemnation. Somebody needs to take and receive Jesus, and it'll change their whole life forever and ever and ever. It's something we do. It's not something we do once in a while. It's something we do 24-7. Amen. Hallelujah. So share a track, share a book, share a testimony. And because uh, we should serve us is because he loves us. He loved us, didn't he? And we're going to keep that fervent love. It says in 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, above all things, have fervent love. What's fervent love? That's red hot love. Fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. In other words, we've got to love people right where they're at. How many know they get saved, but if you get saved, you're saved in your spirit, but you haven't changed much on your thought life or how you look or anything, right? It takes time. We become transformed by the renewing of our mind, finding out God doesn't want us to cuss. God doesn't want us to lie. God doesn't want us to steal. God doesn't want us to smoke marijuana. Amen? So, and we change. We're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, thinking God thoughts instead of man's thoughts. Amen? Amen. And we're to love each other. We've got to keep that fervent love for one another. Amen. And he forgave our sins. 
He forgave our sins. And you and I can forgive those who wrong us. Look in Ephesians 4.32. We can forgive people, can't we? It says, be kind. This is a, such a wonderful scripture. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, how many are pretty thankful he forgave you personally? Do you know he has? Say he has. He's forgiven you. If you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiven you. You don't have to wait around for it. He's forgiven you. Just say, thank God, I'm forgiven. Start living a good life. Okay? And how many know the Lord provides for us? And we should be generous with others. And 1 Timothy 6, 18, it said, let them do good. They, that they be rich in good works, ready to give. We're, we're talking tonight about what? Pa sharing our blessings, ready to give, ready to help people. Amen? There's people out there that literally, literally, literally need help. Amen? No, I'm not just talking about homeless people. I'm talking about there's people, uh, maybe a, 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 a woman has lost her husband and, and doesn't have a job and she needs help. Amen? Widows in their affliction. And, and there are people that, uh, that, that maybe, uh, you know, some unfortunate circumstances happened and they lost their home or they lost the car and they need transportation. I don't know. There's all kinds of things. And if Christians are givers and willing to share and they have plenty, why not share? If the Lord leads you to. How many want to be a part of a church where people are nice? <laughs> and people help one another. That's what I'm saying, amen? Willing to share, willing to help in any, in any different, different way. I keep hearing testimonies about what's happening with the Gibson's uh, roof and, and what's moving down there. And it's because people have a heart. They're seeing that she's, she's a preacher and, and they're reaching people's lives and lives are being changed and people are willing to help. It's exciting. It really is exciting, amen? And uh, let me see here. I can stay on track here. Glory to God. Uh, these are, because he has done all these things, you know, uh, we should be willing to uh, share our spiritual insights with others. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, is that let him who receives instruction of the word of God share all good things with the teacher, contributing support. Don't be deceived, deluded, and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, discorned. Disdained, mocked, or from, by mere pretensions or professions, or by precepts being set aside. He inevitably deludes, deludes himself, attempts to delude God. For whatever man sows, and that only will he reap. For, uh, this is a longer uh, one in Amplified, but <clears throat> for he who sows to his own flesh, lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh reap decay, ruin, and destruction. But he who sows to the Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Look at verse 9. Let's not lose heart. And grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time, at the appointed season, we shall reap. If we don't loosen and relax our courage and faint. So then, everybody say, so then. So then. As occasion and opportunity open to us, let's do good. Morally to all people, not only being useful or profitable to them, but also doing what's right for their spiritual good and advantage. How many of you want to see people grow? You know, stay hooked up with the Lord. We don't want people to backslide and faint and never see him again. Amen? 
We want people to continue to grow, help them. If they miss it, keep helping them, keep encouraging them, give them some guidance, spend some time, go out and have a cup of coffee, spend a little time, amen, share a little bit of your time, buy them a dinner, and, and stuff like that, help other people grow. How many of us, not just the responsibility of the pastor to help everybody in the church succeed. It's all of our responsibility. That's why we had the over 50s. We had the men, the, the table was full. We had a wonderful men's meeting. I was there with the wonderful women's meeting. And we're doing our best to help people feel they got some friends, stay encouraged, stay refreshed, grow in the Lord, amen. And we're there for each other, amen. Praise God forevermore. So, and uh, how many know God comforts us when we go through things? It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, Blessed be, God the, uh, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Look at this. Who comforts us in all our tribulation? that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. In other words, if you've experienced God comforting you and encouraging you in your time of trouble or loss or tragedy, and you felt the love by others loving you and expressing their love, then why not be sensitive enough when others go through things that you do the same thing? Call them send them some flowers, you know, buy them a gift, take them out to dinner, buy them a book, you know, do something to help them. Amen? That's what Christians should do. Amen? And not only that, you're touching the heart of God. You're doing what he called you to do, what he's doing for us. We want to, we're to imitate God and be just like him. Amen? And uh, also, in Romans chapter 15, verse 5, I've been encouraged by the Lord, have you? Amen. There's times God's moved, you know, and blessed us and helped us when we needed help. People loved on us. People blessed us. And it pre we appreciate it so much. And in turn, we want to help others. Romans chapter 15, now may the God who gives the power of patient endurance, steadfastness, and who supplies encouragement. I want to help supply encouragement to somebody because God has encouraged me greatly. Grant you to live in such mutual harmony and such full sympathy with one another in accordance in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may unanimously with united hearts and one voice praise and glorify God as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah. Welcome and receive to your hearts one another, that even as Christ has welcomed and received you for the glory of God. So, in other words, we're to comfort each other, encourage us, and uh, he's accepted us, and we need to accept one another. Romans 15, 14, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Sometimes we need wisdom, don't we? Now, I, I didn't say condemnation. We've got to be very careful as Christians. If somebody is going through something that you feel like, hey, I think they're maybe making the wrong decision, then, then, then uh, first of all, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. 
If somebody's, you know, is making the wrong decision, I, I've done that. And, and I can't even allude to it. And I'm so glad we did because that person would have married the wrong person. And now today they're gloriously married to the right person. So as a pastor, I may sense something. Could I, and I, I go and say, can I, I just want to give you some spiritual advice if you're open to it, uh, if you're willing to hear me. But I won't do it unless you're willing. I'm not going to push it on anybody. I'm doing it because I care. I think if we come to people showing that we really love them and care, they'd be more open for us. We don't want to be, you know, you know, I told you so. <laughs> no, we just simply want to share this. Would you consider praying about this? Amen. And, and many times we can admonish people and help them make the right decision. How many of the Lord has been patient with us? <laughs> Ephesians 4, 2 says, With all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in long-suffering long is patience. Aren't you glad that God is patient? How I many know we're supposed to be patient with each other? We're supposed to overlook days where, you know, <laughs> amen. Just pray for them. Don't say, what's wrong with you? No, just simply pray for them. You know they're having a hard day, all right? How many ever had a hard day over here? Mm -hmm. yep. And you're glad people were nice? There you go. You got the, you got the picture now. Okay. And, uh, uh, and God is gracious to us, isn't he? And so we should be kind to each other. And in Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God Christ forgave you. And we only got a couple of scriptures, more to go. And God challenges us to be obedient. And we should encourage others to, uh, as believers, amen, to, to love and good deeds. E Hebrews chapter tw uh, 10, verse 24, I love this scripture. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Uh, I think it's, uh, which one is it? Uh, that's zealous. For God, I think First Peter or something like that. It talks about being zealous for good works, for helping people, amen? amen, and being a blessing. And the last one is this: How many know that we could contribute to the needs of other people? There are times people genuinely need help, without any condemnation or whatever. They just need help. And there's times we've made the congregation aware of people that really need help. Amen? And, uh, and it says here in Ephesians 4.28, let him, him who stole, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, what is good. How many of those good to work? Yeah. In all labor there's profit. Amen? Uh, that he may have something to give to whom him have, who has need. So in other words, it's good, it's good to work, it's good to have prosperity, and you start, you start tithing and giving offerings and sowing seed, and pretty soon God sees that and the harvest starts coming in. Somebody may give you something, or you may get a great deal on something, or whatever. It, it, the blessings just start flowing, and you start, wow, this is really cool, you know. The Lord's really helped prosper us. We've been paying off our bills. But don't forget to pass that blessing on. Amen. 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 Don't forget, just don't hoard it up. 
pass that blessing on. Oh, I really got a big bonus last week of $1,000. Well, honor the Lord with the tithe and then consider where you're going to sow some offerings. Amen? Why? Why? Because you want to pass that blessing along. You want to be a blessing. Why do you think the Lord is blessing you? He says that so many times there because he wants you to be a blessing. Rich in good works, he wants you to help. Be zealous for good works. Help some missionary. Help put a roof on the building. Help, help, help whatever. Buy a new bus, whatever. As, as, time, as you begin to prosper, and the more you sow, the more you're going to reap. God wants to prosper you for a reason. Not just so you can hoard it up. Amen? Amen? Pastor Joan, I did it. One minute to nine. I mean eight. <laughs> Everybody looked, oh my gosh. Eight o'clock. Let's stand. Okay, what did we learn over here tonight? Did we learn something? We're exhorted, encouraged. Share your blessing. Isn't that good? You know, you got the song, count your blessings, name them one by one. But yes, it's good to count them all. Then give some of them away. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, there, it, can be, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Amen? Right. I mean, we, Don and Ella were just down here, and he said, you know, I love that birdhouses, you know. Well, somebody had given me one, but it was broke. So I said, hey, I'm going to go out there, and I spent two hours fixing it, and I gave it to him when he went home. He said, wow, it's, a, it's like a brand new one. I had it to give. Why not give it? Why would I want to hoard it up? So I'm just saying, whether it's bigger, let God lead you, but just kind of let be in a continuous mode of being a blessing. Amen. You know, don't be one of those that say to me, hey, let's go out to dinner. Would you buy me dinner tonight? I don't think that's right. I was told by Jim Circle, if you ever invite anybody to dinner, that means you're paying for it. Is that right? Hallelujah. How would we learn over here? We have to share our blessings. Share our blessings. How about all back here? Anybody? Give. Because Jesus said to. Amen? And I think if we get to the point where we're thinking about always, boy, I wonder what I can, how I can be a blessing to somebody today. Amen? It, it, it might be, hey, uh, sometimes it's in doing something. It's in doing something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's in, just in doing something, helping somebody. Helping you know, you might be coming out of Walmart and it's a lady with a cane and she's trying to carry groceries out. So, hey, ma'am, could I take that? And I've done that before. It's kind of fun, really. And can I take that cart and help you go out to the car and I'll order it for you? Well, thank you so much. That was, that was fun. It's a joy. It's, I could do it. What am I doing? I'm thinking more about others than I am myself. And that's what Christians should do. Did I do okay tonight? Did you take it to heart? Share your blessings. Or we could say, pass them on. Amen. Pass them on. Be a blessing to somebody. Praise God. Maybe you, uh, maybe you see someone that doesn't have a winter coat. 
and you've got two or three of them, pass one on. Amen? Amen. Pass some clothes on. This. Ladies, how many of you ever went to the inner closet and you found you got extra clothes in there? I, you're not going to raise your hands, I know. <laughs> but, you know, you could do a little inventory and say, you know, I haven't worn this dress in five years. Pass it on. Somebody would be delighted to have that dress. Amen? All right. Let's lift up our hands. Say, Lord, help me to be a blessing. And to pass these blessings on. Thank you, Father, for supplying all of our needs. I choose to be a blessing. And to think of others more than myself. Thank you, Father, for using me to be a blessing to many. Help me to share the good news everywhere I go. So, Father, I pray right now blessings upon every family, the favor of the Lord around every family. I pray, Lord, you do prosper every family, every individual. As they honor you, as they give, Father, I thank you that they're going to have prosperity and abundance because they're going to help people. They're going to love people with that, Father. We can't take it with us, but, Father, we're going to be... We're going to be thanking you for the home we have, the car we drive. But Lord, when we have extra to give, help us to be a blessing to many, many. And help us to be sensitive to people that are in need, that genuinely need help. And Father, during this season, we're thanking you for all you've done for us. And Father, we acknowledge it. You've loved us. You've encouraged us. You've comforted us. Father, you've supplied all of our needs. Father, you've opened the windows of heaven. You've showered us with favor many, many times. Lord, we want to be a blessing as you have been a blessing to us. Amen. And Father, we mean that with all of our hearts. We're looking forward to a great Christmas. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today with all eyes closed. And you've never taken time to pray and receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. I'm going to tell you, after being saved from 1975 till now, it was the greatest, most wonderful decision that I've ever made in my life. There's never been a better one and never will be a better one. To be saved is the greatest joy of mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the Lord, in Romans 10, 13, shall be saved. It's not hard to be saved. It's a free gift. Give your heart to him. Invite Jesus in your heart. He came for that reason. Is there anybody here who would raise their hand and say, let's lift it up for a moment. I'll acknowledge, and I'll pray from here to receive Jesus into your heart as your Savior tonight. Is there anybody at all? Well, if you're saved and you know it, raise your hand. You know you're saved. You're a child of God. You're going to heaven. You know that you're forgiven of all your sins. Okay. Now, if you're not, please come and see me right away after the service, and you and I will lead you in a small little prayer, and you'll be saved and probably run out of here shouting the joy. Amen. God does something to you supernaturally. He quickens you. Ephesians 2, 1, he quickens you. That means in the, he makes you alive in your spirit. And all of a sudden, all the weight of sin falls off of you. Your eyes open. The light comes on. Glory to God. You're a child of God. Amen. Amen. You're joint heirs with Jesus. You've got a home waiting for you in heaven. 
Everything changes. That's how good it is. That's why we need to share the good news of the gospel.